Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Progressive and a Libertarian Walk into a Bar. I'm Sean O. Uh, we'll be joined uh, shortly by Fern. He's going to do his segment after mine. Um, we're having a little problem uh, coordinating our times when the internet is working properly. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Highland Park Brewery. I'm uh, having Hello LA today. It's a great uh, light beer to drink during the hotter weather. So if you're in the LA area, you should try out Highland Park Brewery, and I would suggest Hello LA. It's a wonderful beer. Uh, so what I wanted to talk about was just the Second Amendment in general. Um, the Second Amendment uh, has quite often been under attack. You know, you have Beto O'Rourke actually coming out and says, yeah, we're going to come and take your guns. And I 2020 has just proven him so damn wrong. So damn wrong. You know, if 2020 has proven nothing else, that then that we need the Second Amendment. It's just as important today as it was 200 years ago. You know, it's just as important as it was or will be in another 200 years. You know, we saw, you know, the cops, you know, I mean, I don't know, for the people that really want the cops to be the only people and the government to be the only people having guns. Have you seen the way that our um, police forces treat our civilians, in particular the ones of minority uh, status? Um, I sure as hell don't want them to be the only ones with guns. Um, Do we want uh, the cops to wait and be there to protect us when somebody's trying to kill us or destroy our property? We saw how that worked out as well. So... The whole idea of gun control to me seems completely uh, destroyed now. Um, you know, I thought it was destroyed in 92, you know, when we saw the Korean Americans, uh, you know, on top of their buildings uh, protecting their protecting their property. Um, that's what it's for. When people say, why do you need these weapons of war? They're not weapons of war. They're weapons of protection, period. That's all they are, you know. Um you know, and, and, you know, a lot of people come up and say, oh, you know, you libertarians, you know, you just, I had somebody say this to me on Facebook, oh, you guys just want to shoot people. And I was like, ah, that's just, that's a straw man argument if I've ever heard one. You know, if libertarians were looking for a reason to shoot people, there would have been a lot of people getting shot during this riot. And there, there wasn't, you know, uh, the vast majority of uh, business owners who had guns uh, did not fire their weapons. As a matter of fact, I couldn't tell you of one where they actually fired their weapons. You know, uh, they a lot of people stood outside of businesses to protect the businesses and never had to even threaten anybody. You know, uh, they just stood out there, made their presence known, and their place was left alone. Um, I've also seen protesters who actually had guns and were there to protect the protesters and also the uh, the businesses, you know, they wanted to make sure that there was not going to be any nonsense from the cops and there wasn't going to be any nonsense from any, but any, you know, I don't care if it's a right wing group, a left wing group, there was not going to be any looting with those AR-15s around. So when people say, um, you know, uh, AR-15s are bad, they kept the peace. 
You know, I remember even in the Michigan protest, people were saying to me, why did they need to have guns? Why did they need to have guns? It's, it's, it's scary. You know, what's scary is the government telling you what to do all the time. That is. And what having guns at a protest is, especially if they are being used in a responsible manner, is it keeps the peace. Those cops are not going to do anything crazy. You know, they are not. Uh, and nobody's going to start looting things when people are armed. That's just not going to happen. You know, so the Second Amendment proved to be the peacekeeper there, uh, not the cops. Screen dimmed. Not the cops. The cops chose to hold back and beat on peaceful protesters, but let rioters and people looting uh, run amok. So, I don't know. You guys that still think the Second Amendment sucks, you guys are on the wrong side of history, and you're going to remain that way because it's it's a glorious thing. You know, uh, I, I can also say, you know, like a, a well-armed minority is not an easily oppressed minority, you know. Uh, and as they want to defund the police and stuff like that, we're going to have to have different solutions. So maybe private private uh, security firms, uh, maybe people could patrol their own neighborhoods if they can get something together, you know, and take care of each other, you know, where they don't have to worry about uh, racist cops or anything like that. Uh, you know, if we get rid of all the drug laws and everything else that I've harped on and probably every one of my, our podcasts, you know, we wouldn't have these problems either. But like I said, I want to give a great shout out to the Second Amendment. You know, it's just, it, it's the one that protects all of the other ones. You know what I'm saying? You know, the cops aren't going to be there to protect you when you need to be protected. But the Second Amendment will be there if you choose to, uh, you know, recognize it and take advantage of its great benefits. So that's I, I think that's just about all that could be said on it. Let me uh, check my notes real quick. You know, um, yeah, you know, I just I can't understand how some people are so upset by the Second Amendment like Beto O'Rourke. I mean, he's in Texas. He should understand. Um, I had somebody say something about Rambo that we all think we're Rambo. And to me, the the humor in that is extra funny now because if you saw Rambo 1, the first one, First Blood, the reason he went off and started fucking people up is because it was police brutality and he was fighting against the cops as well. You know, just like Dave Chappelle said, uh, uh, Dornan did, the former LAPD cop, of African-American guy who tried to turn in another cop for, for bad behavior, for kicking somebody while they were down and handcuffed. And he went through the right means. And, you know, I'm not condoning going out and shooting cops, but it was just funny. He called called me a Rambo for wanting, for loving the Second Amendment, totally missing the irony and the stupidity of what he had just said because Rambo was actually fighting against police brutality. And, you know, if you have a gun at a protest, it's not a scary thing. It's a beautiful thing. And like I said, it will protect everybody, you know, uh, that's, that's all I want to say on it. That's, uh, that's, uh, something for everybody to ponder, um, you know, as it comes time for November, 
you know, any conservatives listening to this or any liberals who've seen the light, you know, the Libertarian Party is the only party that represents the Second Amendment 100%. We want absolutely government to stay out of it. There should be no, no restrictions on it, period. That's all there is to it. The only one is if, like, you're a violent criminal or something like that. You know, I could see them keeping guns away from violent criminals. Uh, you know, but the average citizen, even waiting periods. You know, if you saw your business was getting, gonna, you know, the area was getting bad and your businesses were getting looted, or if it got into the residential neighborhoods or something like that, and you wanted to go buy a gun, well, sorry, 10-day waiting period, you know, you know everything's going to be trashed by then. So I can't even get behind that. So... There it is, Second Amendment rules. Uh, think of that in November, and I hope you vote Joe Jorgensen. You know, she she rep she she'll represent the Second Amendment the way it should be, not the way a Republican is going to do it, and sure as hell not what the Democrats want to do to it. So, thank you, and we'll turn it on and hand it off to Fernando now. All right, guys, uh, so this is Fernie S. Um, you already heard Sean's um, conversation about, or not conversation, but his opinion on what the Second Amendment has done. And so I'm going to talk, um, not as a rebuttal, but my comments on, on his thoughts about uh, the Second Amendment and how uh, these protests have shown that the Second Amendment is an essential constitutional right. All right, so uh, before we do, before we dive into that, I just want to bring some context into the current situation that we're all in. So as of today, June 14th, 2020, uh, there are 2.13 million cases of COVID-19 in the U.S. and 117 deaths, which is more than the number of American lives that were lost in World War One. Now, um, so back to the question. So is it possible that the Second Amendment is essentially what saved day, what, what stopped protests? Well, um, first, I would say that maybe it had something to do with it, but it's also unlikely. Uh, because first of all, um, it's not like we don't already have the Second Amendment. It's been in the books for a very long time. It's in the Constitution. We've had it all along. It isn't like it magically appeared and now people could carry guns and all of a sudden and, and were able to stop the looting and rioting because people were now had this new right to be able to carry guns. So, um, I mean, to say that the Second Amendment just came into play all of a sudden is to assume that um, maybe people weren't aware that they could carry guns or openly carry them. Second, uh, peaceful protesters themselves have worked hard to stop these looters and these rioters, the instigators, the opportunists. It wasn't necessarily only the armed citizens who were protecting property, uh, public and private. Um, I'm sure you've seen plenty of videos of the idiots that were trying to start the destruction or rioting um, or looting and at these protests and were stopped. Uh, and in some cases, they were even handed to the police by the protesters. Now, just a, just a quick story about these infiltrators, these people that want to cause uh, trouble at these peaceful protests. Um, I was watching a protest uh, that was being live streamed in the city of Whittier here in Southern California. And the live streamer was going around taking or looking at different people, talking to different people, other live streamers that were in the crowd. And there was a guy that stood out. Um, he was, and, and if you've been following Boogaloo 2020, this will jump out at you right off the bat. 
there was a guy that was wearing a hula um, a hula shirt and he had a military backpack a military hat and camel pants and on his backpack he had a couple patches one of them was for Google 2020 and then the black and white American flag that had the hula hoop print on the line um, so I'm sure you've seen the blue lives matter flag so this was the same thing except it had a hula print um, line across it so right off the bat um, the live streamers were, uh, were tipped off to this guy um, he ran off eventually and uh, people were discussing whether it was maybe an undercover cop because he, he gave daps to the cops right before he left um, people were talking about maybe he was uh, there to start violence because he just didn't seem to fit in with the crowd he was dressed in a very peculiar way that which is what stood out to me now um, so there are these people that are there to cause trouble that are there to incite violence, that are there to start looting and start rioting, and they're not necessarily representative of the people that are at these events. So it's been the peaceful protesters that have, like these live streamer, that, ha uh, that have acted to pull, to point these people out and have them pull out of these, these protests because they don't belong there. They have nothing to do with what these protesters are there about, really. All right, now going on to the, the next point. Um, third, now, do we really need guns, like the guns, like firearms, guns that shoot, like real bullets that will kill and maim people? Do we really need those to stop looting and rioting? I mean, the cops now have been harassing, beating up all these peaceful protesters across the entire United States. And it should be noted that they're not using live rounds to be able to do this. They're, and as um, a regular person, you can buy taser guns, you can buy pepper ball guns and other non-lethal or less than lethal weapons. In fact, right before recording, I was able to get on a website and be able to essentially, like I was one click away from being able to purchase a pepper gun um, that would be more painful than, than, a, than a paintball gun, and it would be able to um, spread whatever irritant or chemical into the face or body or airways of anybody that I guess felt, that I felt was attacking my safety. So cops are already using these. Um, and they've had very little difficulty removing people from parks, streets, and other areas where they weren't, where pro these peaceful protesters weren't causing any problems. So, are guns really the answer? The, the kind of guns that are addressed in the Second Amendment, are they really um, necessary to protect uh, private and public property? Now, um, a lot of people have talked about how um, during the LA riots of 1992, uh, Korean grocery store and liquor store owners or on the rooftops defending their buildings or their stores and how this is an example of how the second amendment succeeded how this was a necessary tactic but we have to ask why why they felt that they needed to do this because yes looting and burning of these buildings was happening but at the same time the LAPD had abandoned them they had abandoned these inner city neighborhoods and left these the store owners to fend for themselves the LAPD whose job it was to protect and serve had essentially just left them uh, to their own devices. In fact, I remember um, having grown up in LA that the joke back then was that where were you know because we couldn't see the cops, we didn't see cops anywhere. So the joke was that the, all the cops and National Guard um, soldiers were set up to protect Westwood and Beverly Hills. And if you know about those neighborhoods, you know that those are the more affluent areas of LA. So naturally, as a last resort, these store owners were left to turn their guns on the very people that they served. There was a lot of tension between different communities of color 
and the absence of the LAPD during this specific time made that even worse. And I'm going to quote Chang Lee, a Korean American who had set up on the roof of a strip mall. He said, where are the police? Where are the police? And apparently the cops didn't show up for three days um, to protect or to address the issue that was going on. So I'm not, I'm not sure how this is a success for the Second Amendment when the apathy or indifference in law enforcement was on full display and it led and it led to immigrants shooting at other immigrants. Yes, that's apparently a success for the Second Amendment. Uh, moving on to my, my fifth point. Uh, the Second Amendment says this, and I'm going to quote it directly so we can know exactly what we're talking about. Quote, A well-regulated militia, being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, shall not be infringed. End quote. Now, it's poorly written. This is vague open to interpretation. So apparently this is what people are defending as what gives us the right, what gives people, what gives everybody the right to be able to carry guns. Um, what is a well-regulated militia? What makes it poorly regulated? What is a militia? And what is, what, how do you determine what is necessary to the security of a free state? And the right of the people to keep and bear arms, what kind of arms and for how long? like sidearms, bazookas, tanks, it shall not be infringed. That's probably the only thing that's actually very, very clear about this uh, Second Amendment. Um, I mean, what is a militia? Is it one, one person? Is it two people? Is it a family? Is it a neighborhood? Is it a, a group sanctioned by the state? A group sanctioned by, by, by the federal government? Or maybe by a municipality? Maybe just a neighborhood. What, what, what is that? What is that? So now, compare this... Second Amendment to the very First Amendment. Quote, Congress shall, not, shall, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or abridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Now, you read that, and you know exactly what they're talking about. And the U.S. Supreme Court has worked to define exactly what those, what the limits, what the bounds, what the exceptions are for uh, this amendment, because it's essentially pretty clear there have to be exceptions for, for, for something like this, and it's been very um, well storied, like all of the cases that have dealt with freedom of the press, freedom of religion, and on and on and on, and the U.S. Supreme Court has avoided having very many cases about the Second Amendment because it is open to interpretation. Now, some things should definitely be open to interpretation, um, uh, but in the legal world, um, if you ever dealt with a contract where everything has to be spelled out directly and clearly and specifically, so there is very little ambiguity. Now, um, the Second Amendment is probably, the, probably the, one of the most uh, confusing or open to interpretation. So therefore, I mean, I, it, it's hard to say that this is something that needs to be defended as it stands now. Now, sixth, um, Beto O'Rourke. Uh, talk, talking about Beto O'Rourke saying that he, had, he wanted to take everybody's guns. Well, my reply is, who cares? Who cares what Beto O'Rourke says? Uh, especially because when he spoke, he was speaking very passionately after there was a mass shooting in his state, Texas. Now, 
anyone that has taken a look at what it would take to repeal the Second Amendment runs face first into this very hard reality that if you want to repeal the second, you have you need two things. One, you need two-thirds of Congress to approve it, and number two, you need three-quarters of all the states to ratify it. So it's not going to happen. There's just no um, simple or easy way to take away all guns. Better order was wrong. We'll be dealing with guns for a while. Long time, possibly. However, uh, some guns like AR-15s or assault rifles, and, and some people think that liberals don't know what the difference is, but yes, there's a difference between AR-15s and assault rifles. Um, but these guns should be banned, and hopefully will be gone. Because after all, in this case, in terms of the protests, you don't need a machine gun to guard a store. Lastly, uh, when people say that the Second Amendment is there to allow every U.S. citizen to arm themselves legally, to protect themselves, what about Philando Castile? He carried a gun legally. It didn't matter. What about the Black Panthers from California? The governor at the time, who I don't need to tell a lot of you, Ronald Reagan, couldn't act fast enough to enact gun control in his state. I do believe that people should be able to carry guns legally. But I think more people of color should start carrying more guns legally. If only to expose, to further expose the hypocrisy of the NRA, to further expose the hypocrisy of permissive gun laws, and to further expose the brutality that police officers are more than happy to doll out. I mean, sorry, I, I don't mean to paint all cops, apparently it's just a few bad apples, right? Wink and a nod. Um, I mean, but really, everybody should be able to defend their homes, their families, and their lives. But if more of us, more of us people of color, carry guns, that's honestly now, in this time, just one more reason to give these cops justification to shoot at peaceful protesters. So in conclusion, uh, the Second Amendment didn't save the day. It didn't stop the looters and riots. Maybe in some small part it did. But peaceful protesters were also heavily involved in making sure that that happened. Because they wanted to show the world that this large public outcry and direct action was about addressing the unfettered police brutality that was so focused on African Americans and the systematic racism that exists and pervades in the U.S. These protests were not about getting new TVs, Nikes, new iPhones. So that's it. Those are my thoughts on the Second Amendment. All right, we'll be back in a little bit. Hello, welcome back to a progressive and a libertarian walking to a bar. I'm Sean O. Uh, Fernie should be back with a a segment here coming up next. Uh, but right now I'm drinking uh, some more of the Hello LA from Highland Park Brewery. Uh, comes in a tall can too, so you, so, uh, you got to love them. You know, they pack more more punch in each can. So uh, now I want to talk about the, um, the, the, the whole tired old argument about not voting for a third party because it's a wasted vote. Um, there, there's a – that argument is so bad that there's a name given to it. It's called the false dilemma fallacy. So you know, they, they want to make you think that you can't vote for them, that you have to vote out of this fear. Every election cycle, there's a new fear. It's the new danger, the new thing. 
you know, if you don't vote for them, you're going to get this. We'll have to hold off till next year. If you don't vote for this now, it's, you know, you're going to regret it and you're going to wish you had, you know, and all this other stuff, just this doom and gloom. When, you know, for the last, you know, God, how, how long has it been, you know, hundred, hundred and so years that the, uh, that the, it's been nothing but Republicans and Democrats. I guess it was, uh, when Abraham Lincoln got elected is when we got, got the Republicans going. So what they've done since then, the Republicans and the Democrats together have got us to where we are now. I think that's a wasted vote, voting for what got us in this damn situation to start off with, you know. Um, then you take in consideration that they they hold us, libertarians and even the Green Party too, they hold us out of the debates. They push us off of the... Um, off of the actual ballots, you know, we end up spending all of our campaign money on trying to get ballot access as opposed to advertising, you know, because that's what we have to have. Um, you know, and it's just, it, it really just goes to show you how afraid they are of another opinion. You know, if they, if they really wanted a democracy, they would let everybody in and, you know, uh, I'm, obviously, as we get closer and closer, you could weed people out, but you should never eliminate anybody from from the conversation, and that's what they've done. And I've told people when they tell me not to vote, you know, oh, you're just going to help get Trump elected, or you're going to help get Biden elected. I say nonsense. You know, I have to do this because otherwise, you guys, your your party, Republican Democrat, are going to push us out. And we will not be allowed to. And we'll have to fight harder to get back in next time. Because you can bet your ass every time we get close, they raise the bar. You know, they're like they're like Lucy with the football, yanking it out from in front of Charlie Brown. And I, you're not yanking the football out from in front of me. I'm going to vote Libertarian, come hell or high water, period. You know, and then a Democrat told me just today, oh, you know, because I mentioned that uh, – Brad Barron um, is running for Senate in Kentucky against Mitch McConnell. And he, this guy had the nerve to say libertarians shouldn't be sticking their noses in places. And I had, I got pissed, you know, shouldn't have lost my cool at first. Um, you know, it's not a good way to win somebody over to your argument. But then I reminded him that the the current democratic governor of Kentucky you know he he won against the republican because the libertarian got so many votes you know and i do believe he probably took some from the democrats as well but you know the democratic uh governor wouldn't be there now i forgot his name um but anyhow Brad Barron is running against Mitch McConnell and uh Kentucky already kind of leans libertarian. I mean, they have Thomas Massey and they have Rand Paul. So if they could get uh, Brad Barron in there, uh, Brad Barron 2020, um, to fight against Mitch McConnell, we might get a really good three-way fight here. You know, a real good chance for libertarians to stand up and make a big splash. You know, so vote libertarian. You know, vote gold. Hashtag vote gold. You know, that's that's... That's the way I see it. You know, you know, uh if you want real change, you got to go for the people who are promising change. Not the people who've been promising we'll we'll get you next time. Just believe us, we'll do it, right? Even though they've just time and time again 
you know, giving us more of the same, more fighting between Republicans and Democrats. <coughs> you know, it gets old. Um, so, and this year for president, oh man, we got a great ticket. It's the best well-rounded ticket that I remember uh, since my, in my 20-so uh, years in the libertarian movement. Um, uh, we have Joe Jorgensen. Um, she ran as vice president uh, as a libertarian back in the 90s. And we have, uh, for uh, vice president, we have Spike Cohen. He's a, you know, he, he's a former neocon who realized government sucks, and uh, he's pretty much an anarchist. I think by, by his own words, he's an anarchist. Um, but very well spoken, you know, not like what you would think the media portrays an anarchist as, you know, what you see, uh, you know, just complete looting and stuff like that. They always use anarchy as all oh, the damn looters. No, that's not, it's not what we're talking about. So you need to look into it and see what the hell he has to say. It's a really great interview on the Tom, Tom Woods podcast. Um, a couple other places too. Um, the LP channel has has a great interview with Dr. Jorgensen and and Spike Cohen. Uh, so you should check them out. They're great. I'm really looking forward to casting my votes for them. Um, you know, I wish they would get into the debates. I hope everybody, when they see these polls or they're asked, they're called, say, if you want real change, say you're voting for the third party. Say you're voting for the third party. That's who you're most interested in. Get these people on the debate. Then then you can make a choice when you hear everybody and their ideas against each other. You know, because uh, it, it is a long shot for us libertarians as long as the field is not leveled out for us. And for people that want equality and preach equality, they sure don't practice it. You know, and that's that's what's wrong with government is, man, they, they're cronies. You know, they don't want to give up that hold on power. So... Uh, this this year, you know, uh, JOJ twenty twenty is uh, her website dot uh, com, JOJ twenty twenty dot com, and uh, Brad Barron twenty twenty dot com. Look up other uh, LP dot org. I think you know has has a list of all the local candidates. You know, in your local elections, look for an L, look for an L option, and vote for for them. You know, if you, if you, you know, find them, listen to what they have to say and tell me they don't make more sense than the arguing and bickering and fighting that we see from the Republicans and Democrats. No. So, uh, hope you all give it a chance. Uh, look up, uh, Joe Jorgensen on all the, uh, different social medias, tweet about it. You know, uh, for those people who four years ago thought it was so important to get a woman elected president, you know, you might want to look into this. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not an identity politics kind of guy, but you know that seems to matter to a lot of people. So maybe you might want to check that out. Um, you know, so we wish for the best in November, though, don't we? So let's hope it goes smoothly, and uh, let's hope we see a capital L at the top of the list. So I'll turn it over to Fern now. Um, hope everybody stays safe and take care. Enjoy your beers from your local breweries. All right, this is Ferdinand back again, and I forgot to mention, I'm drinking a raspberry goza uh, from Claremont Craft Ales. It's a tart wheat ale with raspberries. It's absolutely delicious. If you like the beers or are interested in trying sour beers, this is absolutely um, a great way to start or 
dip your toe into the beautiful world uh, that is sour beers and ales. All right, so um, the topic for this segment is the third party, and should we vote third party? Well, well, first, first, um, um, I'll say that, and probably agree with Sean that uh, the notion that Democrats and Republicans can and should represent all their political views just doesn't make sense, right? Like, if you're a Democrat, um, you have liberal and progressive views and ideals that you that you hold close to your heart. But if, for example, if you're a Democrat and you want Medicare for all, but if you oppose abortion for some reason, then the Democrats may not be a good fit for you, and neither would the Republicans, right? So um, you might be into environmental causes, uh, you want to protect the environment as much as possible, but you also like a fiscal, um, conservative, being conservative fiscally. Well, that uh, may not be the, the Republican Party may not be the, the best fit for you. So, basically, two, having two parties is, is not, uh, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't fit. Uh, when you have third parties, maybe even four parties, maybe um, an entirely new system where we can have parties that represent people's beliefs uh, more closely. So third parties definitely should exist in in the, in, in a broad sense, and I'll, and I'll explain why I mean in a broad sense by now uh, later. Um, my hope is actually that in terms of third parties, that in 2020, after Trump is removed and disgraced from the White House, the GOP will fade into the dust of history, clothed in tatters of their soiled dignity, not to be too flowery, and then liberals will push the Democrats to go further to the left. And if they are unwilling, then a third party, a progressive third party, far more liberal than Democrats, will emerge and be a feasible uh, alternative to possibly um, you know, take the reins of the U.S. government. And these protests are showing the world and the U.S., but more importantly, the millennials and Generation C, Z, that the, that the GOP and conservatism is bunk. That it doesn't it doesn't reflect the modern values of this society and where we're headed, and hopefully it will show them that Democrats, as close even though they resemble what we want in the future more closely, are still not far enough to the left, and that we need to go further. So, um, just talking about third parties again, I voted third party. I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016, the Libertarian. I'll tell you why. Um, at the time, I thought that both parties were equivalent, the same. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of progressive people were saying so, a lot of free thinkers were saying so. And what I wanted, what progressive wanted, was real change. We didn't want the racist, sexist, or homophobic policies of the GOP, and we didn't want the milquetoast attempts at a progressive agenda from Democrats. So I followed my conscience and voted for Johnson, Gary Johnson. What I know now as several investigations have revealed, and these are investigations from Democrats and Republicans, that the Russians were heavily involved in discrediting Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton, bolstering Trump, bolstering Gary Johnson, egging Bernie supporters to oppose Hillary. And in general, my conclusion is that I was a pawn. I was a pawn. Again, I will say third parties are necessary, but in 2016, we were duped. In 2020, it's the same shit. We're in the middle of the first wave of a pandemic. 
with a second wave coming in the fall. And we have civil unrest, racial tensions, hundreds of thousands of people protesting, not for anything extra, but equality and equity. And what we have right now is an idiot in the White House, a malicious idiot, who said he would sick vicious dogs and have ominous weapons and use them on peaceful protesters. And he who said the following when asked about his COVID-19 results. And I'm gonna try to do it just like Trump would have done it. I tested very positively. In another sense, so this morning, yeah, I, I tested positively toward negative, right? So I tested perfectly this morning, meaning I tested negative. So as you try to figure out exactly what the fuck I was saying, as you try to figure out if that was said by a fifth grader, as you try to figure out why it is that the leader of the free world can't speak coherent, coherent sentences, I have to ask you, why do we have this man in the White House? And why will we let that possibility happen? And I could list a thousand other things that this man has done to, uh, to embarrass us and to push us further into, not, not just to the right, but push us down the toilet of, uh, of pushing democracy to, into the toilet. Now the pragmatic thing to do, the logical thing to do, is to ensure that this idiot is out of the White House so that we can restore the notion or restore some sort of normalcy, some, something that approximates democracy, where the scandals revolve around funding appropriations, tax breaks for the rich, that kind of stuff, like the, the, the milder stuff, compared to what we have now. Not where we currently have, just as happened this past week, where transgender people are having their rights taken away or whether the president had the National Guard forcefully remove peaceful protesters so he could have a photo op. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about Republicans are authoritarians, Democrats are authoritarians, and I think you can argue about how much or how little or in what way. However, this now isn't an academic exercise. There's a dictator in the White House now. He said time and time again, that he can do whatever he wants. He's claimed that many times. His actions, and even inactions, have led to more than 117,000 deaths. And it's projected that it's going to be 200,000 by September. I mean, what, what else? What else do you need to know? What else do you need to know about why we should unite behind Biden? Now, again, to my point, my original point, I think the idea of third parties is great. And in fact, when possible in the future, I'll probably vote for a third party, hopefully for a party that will be more progressive than Democrats. However, the danger is very real now, that if we don't unite behind Biden, there may not be much of a country to vote for in 2024. All right, well, those are my thoughts on that. Hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Um, look forward to hearing your opinions on these things. Um, you can reach us at the same place you can always reach us at. We're on Twitter and Facebook and such. Um, I'm going to enjoy the rest of my beer. Everybody, please stay safe out there. We have a, a lot of crazy stuff happening. We have a lot of unfortunate truths that we have to confront in the U.S. And it's up to everybody to have a hard conversation with your friends, with your family, uh, with people that you respect about where we want to go as a nation and whether it makes sense that police can do so many evil things to people and not be punished.
and in the broader sense, are we a racist nation? How racist are we? And what are we going to do to stop that? It's a conversation that we all need to be having. And if you don't think you need to have the conversation, you got to think about why. All right. Well, everybody, have a good one. Take care. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Thank you.